Hello everyone, this is Thoughts in a Nerdy Teen Head, where I discuss random things that I feel like discussing. If you don't mind sometimes controversial topics and sometimes calming essays and sometimes childish blabber, I'd like to welcome you to my non-existent corner of the internet. I saw quite a lot of posts on Instagram a month or two ago about how Kashmiris have been in a lockdown forever and a pandemic shaking the world did not change much for their way of life. They also have been in a state of internetlessness for a while. Honestly, imagine having to stay indoors with no internet for an indefinite amount of time. I think I would keel over and writhe in pain as I slowly die. But Kashmiris went through this, and they have gone through a hell of a lot more in the past. To get a brief as possible idea of their history, let me read this article by Erin Blakemore from the Natural Geographic. Quote, Since 1947, India and Pakistan have been in a locked conflict over Kashmir, a majority Muslim region in the northernmost part of India. The mountainous 86,000 square mile territory was once a princely state, now it is claimed by both India and Pakistan. The roots of the conflict lie in the country's shared colonial past. From the 17th to the 20th century, Britain ruled most of the Indian subcontinent, first indirectly through the British East India Company, and then from 1858 directly through the British Crown. Over time, Britain's power over its colony weakened, and a growing nationalist movement threatened the crown's slipping rule. Though it feared civil war between India's Hindu majority and Muslim minority, Britain faced increasing pressure to grant independence to its colony. After World War II, Parliament decided British rule in India should end by 1948. Britain had historically had separate electorates for Muslim citizens and reserved some political seats specifically for Muslims that not only hemmed Muslims into a minority status but fueled a growing Muslim separatist movement. Muhammad Ali Jinnah, a politician who headed up India's Muslim League, began demanding a separate nation for India's Muslim population. It is high time that the British government applied their mind definitely to the division of India and the establishment of Pakistan and Hindustan, which means freedom for both, Jinnah said in 1945. As religious riots broke out across British India, leaving tens of thousands dead, British and Indian leaders began to seriously consider a partition of the subcontinent based on religion. On August 14th, 1947, the independent Muslim-majority nation of Pakistan was formed. The Hindu-majority independent nation of India followed the next day. Under the hasty terms of partition, more than 550 princely states within colonial India that were not directly governed by Britain could decide to join either new nation or remain independent. At the time, the princely state of Jammu and Kashmir, which had a majority Muslim population, was governed by Maharaja Hari Singh, a Hindu. Unlike most of the princely states which aligned themselves with one nation or the other, Singh wanted independence for Kashmir. To avoid pressure to join either new nation, the Maharaja signed a standstill agreement with Pakistan that allowed citizens of Kashmir to continue trade and travel with the new country. India did not sign a similar standstill agreement with the princely state. 
As partition-related violence raged across the two new nations, the government of Pakistan pressured Kashmir to join it. Pro-Pakistani rebels funded by Pakistan took over much of Western Kashmir, and in September 1947, Pashtun tribesmen streamed over the border from Pakistan into Kashmir. Singh asked for India's help in staving off the invasion, but India responded that in order to gain military assistance, Kashmir would have to accede to India, thus becoming part of the new country. Singh agreed and signed the Instrument of Accession, the document that aligned Kashmir with the Dominion of India, in October 1947. Kashmir was later given special status within the Indian constitution, a status which guaranteed that Kashmir would have independence over everything but communications, foreign affairs, and defense. The special status was revoked by the Indian government in August 2019. The Maharaja's fateful decision to align Kashmir with India ushered in decades of conflict in the contested region, including two wars and a long-standing insurgency. End quote. So now that we have a brief overview of messy Kashmiri history where Pakistani rebels did them dirty by invading them, and the whole as Indian government did them dirty by giving them no choice but to sign a binding agreement and then taking away the little rights they had to their freedom. I'm mostly going to focus on the Indian government revoking Article 370 and 35A, that's Kashmir's special status, and what happened in Kashmir following that. Not the nitty-gritty things to do with politics and legality and whatnot, because, ew, but rather the condition locals are living in right now. It's so easy to politicize everything. Let's not politicize human rights, too. Following the revocation of Kashmir's special status, the Indian government decided that the best course to take would be to enforce an information blackout. So, you guessed it, no internet. In addition to this, no foreign journalists were allowed inside the territory either, because God forbid the truth comes out about the state of people in there. They also enforced a lockdown from August 2019. For a while, the corner of the internet where I resided in was in an uproar about the injustices facing Kashmir, but eventually this died down and gradually Kashmir became another one of those forgotten relics of discrimination. And yes, what happened in Kashmir is discrimination, obvious, blatant disregard for human rights, disruption of press freedom and authoritarian abuse. In late October, more than two months after the lockdown, the UN Human Rights Twitter account posted this, quote, We are extremely concerned that the population of Indian-administered Kashmir continues to be deprived of a wide range of human rights, and we urge the Indian authorities to unlock the situation and fully restore the rights that are currently being denied. End quote. Here is just a small portion of the press briefing note on Indian-administered Kashmir on the UN Human Rights website. Quote, The undeclared curfew imposed by the authorities in the region was lifted from much of Jammu and Ladakh region within a few days, but is reportedly still in place in large parts of the Kashmir Valley, preventing the free movement of people as well as hampering their ability to exercise their right to peaceful assembly and restricting their rights to health, education, freedom of religion, and belief. There have been several allegations of excessive use of force, including the use of pellet-firing shotguns, tear gas, and rubber bullets 
by security forces during sporadic protests, with unconfirmed reports of at least six civilian killings and scores of serious injuries in separate incidences since 5th August. End quote. That is just a small part of the long-ass briefing, and there's not much I can say about this except that it's honestly outrageous. In January 2020, the government kinda allowed internet back in, but only 2G and no social media, and despite petitions from doctors due to an entire global pandemic and the need for information online and social media to stay in touch with what's going on in the world, 4G internet is still a distant dream for Kashmiris. For now, the ban is set to be lifted on July 8th, but it was previously set to be lifted on June 17th, and this has been going on for a while, postponing the date. It ain't cool. According to the Quinn, families can barely stay in touch with each other, video calling is an impossible feat, businesses have been deep in losses for months, and working from home is pretty much impossible. This sucks for everyone there. Everything is being taken away from a region and, I believe, just because they are a Muslim majority. Murders and rapes during the 2002 riots were somehow rewarded in a roundabout way. But when protests occur because of people asking for freedom for Kashmir, that is criminalized. Honestly, I want to say so much more about this, so much more about how Kashmiris have suffered and terrorism in there and their relationships with Pakistan, but then I would fall into the trap of politicizing human rights in order to sound like I have an opinion, so I'm abstained from that. Instead, let's move on to what other people think of the entire conflict. So I went on Instagram and Discord and asked a few of my friends what they thought about everything going on in Kashmir, and I got like six responses, and out of those three didn't really know much about what was going on, which just goes to show that the government was successful in restricting the information that got out of Kashmir, and one of them thought it meant the border conflict with China, which she didn't think anything about anyway, so my so-called research was pretty much useless. One of the two actual responders quite plainly said what was on everyone's mind. He said that, quote, it's fucked how an entire community is being harassed physically, financially, and sexually because of their religion, and it sucks that they want to be independent, but both India and Pakistan don't grant them their freedom, end quote. And to be honest, that's basically it. The other viewpoint from my other responder, of course, was this, quote, to be honest, for Kashmir to prosper, it's sort of impossible. India's got to nuke the fuck out of Pakistan, and those fuckers literally need to shut the fuck up. Why am I saying this? One, they do terror funding with the locals, and literally, the army needs to be there 24-7. Two, Kashmir is a beautiful place. India fucking develop it for tourism reasons, head asses. Three, I do think it's better off being under president rules, not under any political party. It leaves behind politics, and with proper coordination, can yield good answers. But it's India, a country consisting of five heads. End quote. Reading this kind of pissed me off, and I'm sure it will a lot of people, but there kind of is a point here. Oh wait, it's complete BS. But to each their own, I guess. But even BS has some truth in it, and here, it's pretty obvious. Kashmir needs to resume tourism ASAP for their own good, but at the same time, the Indian government as a whole is kind of jackassy, and they're not gonna let them do it. 
Despite all the stupidity, this is the largest human rights violation Kashmir has faced in decades. And it's quite obviously a direct result of the nationalist government wrecking this country and polarizing it. Talking about Pakistan and the misconceptions most Indians hold about the border conflict with Pakistan and their own superiority would take a whole other episode. And right now, Ladakh, the nearby Union territory, is facing unrest with the Chinese border too. It kind of sucks that borders and countries and economies should exist, but maybe someday I'll talk about how this was important in the development of science, but how humanity as a whole needs to now progress into a happier bunch. Basically, that's too much to think about right now and my brain is tired. So thanks for listening, and if you like me randomly researching a random topic and giving my thoughts on it, don't forget to follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Bye! first episode is supposed to be really good so it's a hook for your listener but I was just really tired when I recorded this it's 5am in the morning so yeah okay bye for real